Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Across the ASEAN, only on Money FM 89.3. Everybody has been talking about the recent surge in commodity prices from oil to base metals, thus also prompting inflationary fears and possible energy shortages. But has this carried over to one of the most important commodities in Southeast Asia, palm oil? In fact, in recent times, we did see that some of the CPO futures in Malaysia crossed 5,000 ringgit for the first time. Now, we are starting to see gains return to some of these CPO futures despite declines in uh, recent sessions. But what does the future hold for palm oil, especially as we near the end of the year? Today on Across the ASEAN, we're joined by Dr. Satya Varka, who's the founder of Palm Oil Analytics. He is uh, taking some time out of the schedule to talking about the various trends surrounding the sector. Dr. Varka, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome back to the show, sir. It's been a while. I hope you've been good. Yes, thank you very much for having me again. All thank right. you. You know, we did note that earlier this week, we saw significant declines in palm oil futures, and we're just starting to see it start to stabilize on the Bursa Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Now, can you help us, though, separate what might be driving CPO prices up versus what's driving the broader commodity complex higher? Okay, so the CPO prices has been very bullish in the last week, especially after heating multiple record high prices. So the record high on the third month notched on Friday, close last week, was 4000 966 ringgit mm-hmm. or about 1,900 US dollars. So the main thing that's been driving prices is really tight fundamentals. Uh, supply has been low from Malaysia and uh, supply is now running about 9% behind January to September this year versus last year. And uh, this is mainly because of labor shortage in Malaysia, which has given a lot of problems to plantations for crop recovery, extended the harvest cycle, made the whole supply chain short up in terms of uh, quantity volume produced. And in addition to that, palm planted area is, is, is lower this year in Malaysia, Peninsula Malaysia, Sarawak and Sabah. In addition, operational restrictions due to COVID has also made production uh, to be restricted, uh, suboptimal compared to a normal year. And, and of course, as you alluded to, there is also the broader rush for higher prices tracking the surge in energy prices. So tight fundamentals uh, has helped palm prices to rise sharply and this somehow has uh, has uh, tracked uh, or correlated to the higher energy prices. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the uh, labor shortages and the production constraints uh, in Malaysia. And of course, we know the recent COVID-19 lockdowns in that country did little to help in that regard. How challenging uh, will it be to restore output and operations with the easing of restrictions in, to our neighbors up north? So I think the immediate we immediate uh, increase in labor supply will ease the uh, CPO production problem. But you must remember that labor shortage has been a huge and persistent issue in Malaysia. Uh, and this is exacerbated by the COVID-induced uh, border closure and also the moratorium placed on hiring of foreign workers by the government sometime middle of last year. So that has not been lifted. 
But recently, the government of Malaysia announced approval of uh, hiring 32,000 workers uh, mm-hmm. to work in the uh, plantation, mainly to do harvesting work. But I think this will mainly make an impact uh, sometime next year, end of the first quarter perhaps, and production normalizing sometime in the second quarter of uh, 2022, at mm-hmm. least on the labor side. Uh, hiring workers means uh, they have to go through the COVID protocols, uh, training, and other sort of briefing, which which is which is all should be done. And uh, so boots on the ground. Uh, if if the plan to hire 32 workers materializes, will only happen uh, sometime in the end of first quarter next year. All right, we're still talking to Dr. Satya Varka, founder of Palm Oil Analytics here on Across the ASEAN. When we talk about palm oil and commodities overall, Dr. Varka, we also have to talk about the commodity shortages in China that are also mm. seeing stockpiles for soy bean oil hit as well. Is that playing a part in raising the demand for palm oil? And might the dynamics change, though, as we head into the winter months there? Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, so in the Chinese uh, edible oil com- complex consists of a lot of blending of between the oils and the buying depends on the price spread. So at the current level, soya bean, palm spread uh, means there's a lot of switching from soya beans, oil to palm. And uh, this is uh, also driven by the seasonal demand ahead of Golden uh, Week, which which just finished. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we saw a lot of exports from Indonesia and Malaysia for palm olin in particular, going into the Chinese market. Uh, As more uh, of the uh, supply of soybeans are disrupted, I expect China to be a big buyer of uh, palm products from Malaysia and Indonesia. Going into uh, December and uh, January uh, as the country stockpile ahead of the Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. You know, looking ahead, there are some interesting mm-hmm. opportunities for palm oil producers. You've highlighted some of the demand drivers there and also mm-hmm. rising prices. But when you separate the two largest producers, which happen to be our neighbors in the ASEAN region, Malaysia and Indonesia, which set of palm oil producers might tend to see more upside relative to the other, given these current uh, circumstances? Okay, so I think uh, Malaysian uh, refiners and uh, plantations are are enjoying good prices at the moment, but that's that that's only if plantations are able to get the fresh fruit bunches to the mills. So if you do not have enough workers, if you do not have sufficient resources, uh, that means plantations are losing out on the ride on the high prices. Uh, but plantations in Indonesia are 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 facing uh, high levy and taxes, which has been a, a problem for the plantations in terms of the margins. Uh, but plantations in Malaysia uh, should be enjoying good financials this year compared to the last uh, last three years. But uh, uh, but in terms of the exports, plantations that uh, exports uh, CPO, mills that export CPO, uh, will be able to enjoy a good uh, margin, especially to the Indian market, which has slashed their import uh, taxes 
twice uh, this year as that country destination India battles uh, food price uh, inflation. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Varka, just to round up the interview, now I have to ask you about the growing ESG trends and the palm oil industry, as we know, has faced a mm-hmm. handful of criticisms related to its impact on the environment. Are we seeing more palm oil producers in this region adhere to some of these ESG practices? And is this a good thing or a bad thing, actually, for them to start adopting some of these? Okay, so ESG trends, I think it's been a long-standing issue within the palm oil. Uh, I would say dating back to 1997, when the issue of heave and land grabbing uh, first was widely reported. I think it's the reason why the uh, the benchmark, uh, which is widely known but perhaps not universally accepted, which is the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil (RSPO), mm-hmm. was first established in 2004. And since then, national schemes like the Malaysian Sustainable Palm Oil and Indonesian Sustainable Palm Oil have all become mandatory. Uh, so palm oil plantations, refiners have been really proactive, I think, when it comes to the addressing the impact on the environment. Not everyone might agree, but that's been the case in palm more than any other agricultural uh, sector. Uh, say, for example, soya bean, uh, palm oil players pay much larger attention on ESG issues, uh, not necessarily because they want to, but because they have to, uh, either because they want to access the market, uh, like in Europe or North America, where sustainable certification is almost almost a requirement, and also for financial reporting requirements, especially for publicly uh, traded companies. Or, or simply because of reputational risk, especially for those uh, producers that have uh, international uh, presence. So there is a lot of upside to it in terms of reputation, uh, standing, um, and given that there is intense uh, scrutiny by stakeholders and environmental and social groups. Uh, and I, I think uh, palm oil uh, sector will, will benefit enormously by adopting uh, the ESG standards. Dr. Satya Varka, founder of Palm Oil Analytics, thank you so much for joining us today on Across the ASEAN here in Money FM 89.3. As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times, and we look forward to next time you can join us on the show. Meanwhile, stay safe, sir, and we hope you have a great Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.